Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everyone, welcome back. I am super excited about what we're going to be speaking about today. It's one of my top 10 uh, favorite things to look into the Word of God. And I am really, really looking forward to sharing more with you over the next few weeks about this theme. So as we, or before we get into the Word, let's start with prayer. You can grab your notebook, your pen, your Bible, because you're going to want it. As we are going to look at something you might know a lot about, but I want to challenge you to think deeper, open your heart and receive more. So Father, I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you that you're here among us as we get together into the word together and as we just see what you have for us. Father, I thank you for your goodness, your glory, your favor. I thank you, Father, that as we get into this, that we can pray what Paul prayed of our hearts, that the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to each one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who you are, God. And I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened so that we will know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in us, the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of your power towards us, because we believe. Thank you for this time in your word and thank you that it's going to produce life. Amen. Awesome. So what I'm going to be talking about is abundant life, that life which God promises us. So I'm sure if you've been in church for a long time, you have heard quite um, a few different things about the words abundant life. Um, and I'm sure if you've not been in church, you have obviously heard the word abundant and the word life. And so a lot of different definitions and a lot of different ideas can come up that um, might be true about those words, but it might not be the correct truth when it comes to God's word and how he sees um, the abundant life and what he promises with the abundant life. So all I'm going to do in this part one, the life which God has promised, we're just going to start by looking at what is this life that God promised? What is that? And then we're going to kind of like take it apart and then take out from it that um, other elements of the abundant life. So imagine you are at a shop, you just left, you bought a bag full of stuff that you like. And uh, as you get home, the bag is filled with things. So imagine the bag is that word, abundant life, that promise that God gave. Okay. And inside of it is all the good stuff. So we're just going to start by looking at the bag, if you want to say it like that. Why is it important for us to have the correct definition of abundant life? Um, it is very important. Okay. Imagine another example. Imagine you have a phone. Okay. You just purchased a phone. Think, what is the main purpose of a phone? It is a communication device. But within it, there's also a lot of different things we can do. We can play games. We can use it for entertainment. We can um, uh, WhatsApp people. We can message people. 
and all the different elements. We can engage on social media. We can work on our phones. We can use it to design things. Um, we can use it to watch the time, watch the date, watch the weather. But above everything else, it is a communication thing. One thing is for sure. I cannot use my phone to cut my vegetables on. Neither is my phone a toy for my child. Okay, so if we know the purpose of a thing, we can use it correctly for and within its purpose so that we don't abuse it. And abuse is abnormal use. And so it is true of this abundant life, the life which God has given us. Why is it important that we have the biblical definition of what he means when he promises that to us? Well, because the Bible tells us why. Let's go to Proverbs 13 verse 12. And when we get there, this will bless you. You might know the scripture. Um, most do. You might not. It's beautiful. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So focus on the first part. As a believer, it's very important that we understand the correct definition of what the life is, the abundant life that God gave, God promised us. Because if we put our hope and trust in a definition which is not the abundant life, our hearts become sick. You see, when people have definitions, for example, like the abundant life is that you will always be rich, that you will have lots of money. Um, that if that is all there is to the definition, then we will become sick in our heart when our finances don't work out. If our definition of abundant life is that we will have a marriage which is absolutely amazing with no problems ever, then our hearts will become sick. If we have the definition of abundant life that nothing will ever go wrong because God has given us abundant life, then for sure our hearts will become sick. And we don't want to walk around with sick hearts because what happens when hope, when we put our hope in something and it isn't fulfilled, inside of us a root of bitterness or unbelief and a struggle becomes in our heart of how can I then continue to believe everything else. Now, it's even more important for us to understand the correct definition of this when it comes to our relationship towards unbelievers. Look what Peter says. In 1 Peter 3 verse 15, he says to us, 3 verse 15, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Thank you, Jesus. This is all for you. It says here so beautifully that for those who don't believe yet, we should always have an answer. We should be ready to make a defense for everyone who has a question. We should give an account for the hope that is in us. If we don't know what that hope is, if we don't really know what that life is, how can we give answers to those who don't know? How do we reach out to them? If this, if this gospel is only a gospel and, and this message, this life is only about being rich on earth, then how do you give an answer to those who are already rich, far greater than you are? How do you give answers like, to those? And so we have to get the correct definition of what God promises through his word 
so that we can make sure that we have an answer for ourselves in our hearts, so our hearts don't become sick, but also so we can give an answer to those who ask, what is the hope? What do I see in you? What life do you have that I don't have? You see? So um, don't shut down. Don't switch off. Listen carefully. It is going to bless you. John 10 verse 10. We're going to go to John 10 verse 10. In John 10 verse 10, Jesus basically gives us the strategy of the devil and the purpose for his coming. Okay, He says in John 10 verse 10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the purpose for Jesus' coming is to give us life in abundance. The purpose of the devil, your enemy, and my enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. That which Jesus came to give is far, far greater than the work of the enemy. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? So, what does this word abundant mean? And what does this word life mean? And then how do we see it in scripture being used? Because it's more than just we look at the definitions of the words. We also have to look at how is it used in scripture? How did the writer understand it? And how are they trying to explain it to us? So the word abundant in and of itself means more than is necessary, supremely and extraordinary. That is the kind of life that Jesus is referring to. The kind of life is a life that is more than necessary, supremely and extraordinary. The life is the Zoe life. This is the life that belongs to God. It is true life, fresh life, and spirit life. And it is used in the word of God to carry the idea of to be saved, to be made whole, to be healed and to be prospered. Now, we cannot just say across the board, whenever we read that word, Zoe, life, it is always referring to all of those. In specific situations, it is only referring to one part of that word. Okay, we will get into that sometime, but not today. But this is what you need to know. First of all, the life that Jesus comes to give is a life that is more than is necessary. It's extraordinary and it's supreme. And that life is the life that belongs to God. That is also used to explain being saved, being made whole, being healed and prospered. Okay, so let's go to John 3, verse 16 to 17. John 3, verse 16 to 17. Well, we might for time's sake just read 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this is speaking about him who receives, receives this life. Okay, The word everlasting or eternal year is not the same word as abundant. It is speaking, however, of a life that does not end. A good friend of mine explained it like this. He said that imagine that word... So the idea with the original Greek word used here is imagine, have you ever watched um, that Toy Story and the guy who says to infinity and beyond. So that is the idea with the word everlasting. It is a life to infinity and beyond. Okay, this is the promise given by Jesus that the reason why God sent his son, the motive was love. The reason is to give us this kind of love, life. A life that does not end. Okay? This life, 
The Zawe life here is a life that cannot come by birth. You cannot be born a believer. It is a life that is given to us by our belief, okay, in Jesus Christ. What does the word belief mean? It means to put your trust in, to entrust yourself the way that I entrusted myself to my husband in marriage. It's to be persuaded of, to have confidence of a thing. So the word trust means I put my trust in this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I am persuaded of that. Then I believe, I have belief, and I put my faith, my belief, my trust in him to save me and to give me this life. Now I am born again. Okay, the result of putting my faith in that life, okay, in Jesus, in that life, the result is that I stop perishing immediately. That's awesome. What does the word mean perish? It's to destroy fully. It's to die, to lose something or a relationship, and it is to be separated from a thing or a relationship. Wow. All of that stops when I receive this life that Jesus himself is and comes to give. Okay? Listen carefully. This scripture is not saying that God will destroy you if you do not choose him. This destruction, this perishing is happening in the world. It's the condition of the world outside of faith in Christ. Imagine someone sitting in a chair in front of you and you go to them and you take them by the hand and they put their trust in you to lift them out of that chair and stand up. Okay? The act of you reaching out your hand is the mote of his love. The act of them receiving that and taking your hand is them putting their faith in your ability to take them out of the condition they are in. God <clears throat> has taken you. When you believe, he takes you out of the condition of perishing. And he puts you in the condition of eternal, everlasting life. Zoe life, the abundant life, the life that does not end to infinity and beyond. It is not ever God's desire that man perish. This is the condition and reality of those who do not have the life promised through Jesus. Okay? And remember, this is a verse that applies to all not just those who would believe. It says here, whoever, whoever, so not just those who are predestined to believe. No, no. Whoever puts their trust and faith in God, God's way of being made right with, with himself, okay? Whoever does that can be taken out of this position, position of perishing and placed into the position of everlasting life, holding life, stopping to perish. You do not need to be destroyed. Okay? So this is very important to know. Now, it is also reserved to those who believe. So God is not sending anybody to hell. If you choose to stay in that condition of perishing, if you choose that, God will honor that choice for eternity. Even when you stand in front of him, he will only honor your choice. It is not God's desire that any man perish, but that all may come to the knowledge of who he is and to receive salvation. And this life, which we are talking about. So now look at John 17, just the same book, just a few pages later. In John 17, Jesus is like at the end of his earthly ministry. And now he gives us something very powerful. 
He gives us the definition, his own definition for what is eternal life. No one better to define things than God. (laughs) John 17 verse 3, Jesus says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This word knowing includes knowing by um, intelligence, but it is not limited to that. This word knowing is referring to a Jewish, a Jewish idiom for intimacy between a husband and a wife. So Jesus is saying, what this eternal life, this abundant, more than necessary, supremely extraordinary life, the true life that belongs to God, that heals, saves, prospers, and makes whole, all of that, okay, is found in this, that we may intimately, first by knowledge, but then by intimacy, know God. What do we mean by that? This life is to know him more than knowing him by mental knowledge. It's to know God and know the one he sent in a relationship of oneness. You see, on earth, the only relationship reserved to oneness is that of a husband and a wife. Okay? It is to have this oneness that is the life that God has promised us. That's incredible. It is knowing Him in our oneness to Him, our relationship with Him, that is the eternal life, the abundant life, the life which God promises. Okay? Um, It cannot come through any other way. It can maybe come, start with knowledge, but it has to become that intimate knowing of our oneness with Jesus, with God through Jesus, made possible and kept by His Spirit, okay? And that is that life which He wants for us and desires for each and every one of us. You know, that is the life which was never experienced on earth before Jesus. Think about that. The life which Adam and Eve did not choose by not eating of the tree of life has now been made available through Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? Okay? Only the one who has that God life can give that God life. Look at John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6, that Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Only the one who has the God life can give the God life. Once I entered into marriage with my husband, he and I are one. And this relationship, although I know many people, and I have relationship with many people, I do not have that intimate relationship with anybody else on earth, only with my husband. In the same way, this relationship I have towards my husband, towards one, okay, is the same kind of idea that we have when it comes to our relationship towards God. We can only know God and this life that He promises through accepting 
by believing in the way that he chooses to be known. The one who makes him known is Jesus. And what Jesus says then, his son says, God's son says this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am that life. Okay? As a woman, I cannot find more and better and deeper relationships by having um, my choral husband and having another person, John, and having another person, Peter. Okay? No. I discover through my intimate knowledge and my oneness with my husband, I discover and get to know him as no one else knows him. And the same is true for him. He knows me as no one else knows me. And in that perfect, holy and sacred way, because it is to God, perfect, holy and sacred, in that way, this life which God offers and God promises had to be made known to us through one, only one, okay? Because only the one who has the life of God can give the life of God. And the only one who ever claimed on earth to have that life was Jesus Christ. No other prophet before him, no other prophet after him claimed this claim that he is the way, the truth, and that life, the life that belongs to God, the spirit life, the life that makes whole, that saves, that heals and prospers, that abundant life, which is more than what is necessary, that is supreme, that is extraordinary. Jesus says, I do not just have that life, I am that life. Isn't that super powerful? Okay, this is how God chooses to be known. This is how he chooses to give his life through his son. And because he chooses to give us his life through his son, this abundant life through the son, the only way to receive it is to go to the son. Can you see that? Okay, so... I'm going to close this off because we're going to, I want you to really take it deep and then we're going to look next week at a lot more about this, okay? But we see first of all in John 10, 10, Jesus makes a distinction. There is a difference between the life he gives and what the devil does, okay? We see that this life he gives is more than is necessary. It is an ex- a supreme and extraordinary life. And that this life, what it is, um, is his God's own life, his true life, fresh spirit life that makes whole, that saves, that heals and that prospers. Okay. We also see from John 3 verse 16 that when we receive this life, we receive it by faith. It's not just a natural life. It is something given to us that is supernatural and it is not received through natural birth. It is a gift that's given when we believe. What is our belief? It's when we put our trust in Christ and we entrust ourselves to him. We are persuaded of who he is and we have confidence that he is the way to be made right with God. When we do that, we receive that life and we stop perishing. We cannot be destroyed anymore. We do not have to be lost anymore. We do not have to be separated from him anymore. 
This condition of perishing is a condition that's in the world. It is not a condition that is in the believer. It is not that God wants man to perish. It's that man is perishing. And God's call through his son is an invitation to believe the life that he is giving, to reach out in faith. And when we believe that, he removes us from that position of perishment into the position of life. God does not want anyone to perish. Okay? We also see that Jesus himself defines this life by saying that this life, the eternal life that is promised, this life that goes from eternity and beyond, that life is given through him, okay? And it is the, that life, that abundant life, the life promised is this, to know God and to know the one whom he sent. And that is Jesus, okay? We know that this is more than just head knowledge. This is a revelation of an intimate knowing that we are made right with God and that he is extending this gift of life, the promise of life that he promised before Adam and Eve, that he showed us in the garden when he put the tree there and said, this tree of life, it, he said, it's all good. But Adam and Eve never ate it. And yet Jesus comes and he says, here I am. I am the way, the truth, and that life, the life. And if we eat of his fruit, if we partake of him, we receive that abundant life. Okay? That life which is supreme, more than necessary, extremely extraordinary, and that carries the very life of God. Isn't that incredible? I've got to close there. I'm going to finish there. Next week, we're going to continue on with this. I want you to meditate and think about that. And I also want to encourage you, if you've been listening to this and you realize you may have followed a form of religion, but you haven't really discovered that it's not about religion. It's got nothing to do with that, that God's promise is not to send Jesus so we may have a new religion. The world didn't need that and still doesn't need more religion. What the world desperately needed and desperately needs is this life which God promises. If you might be listening to this, you might be realizing that, okay, I chose a religion and I might know God in a way, but I don't know the one he sent. Then I want to challenge you today that the only true way to know God is to know him through the one who he sent. And the one he sent, and the final one he sent, is the one that can promise and deliver that life which God gives. And that's what our faith is meant to be used for. Our faith is meant to be used for this, that we can put our trust in and be fully convinced that he is who he says he is. And being persuaded of that, we believe that God so loved us that he sent Jesus Christ to redeem us, save us, and put that life in us so that we may no longer perish, so that we no longer have to live separately from God and a relationship to him. Okay, so if that's you right now and you know that's you and the Spirit of God has been telling you that's you, you're missing out. The good news is that God wants to be known. The good news is that he's extending this life to us, this offer, so gracious, so beautiful, so extremely abundant, so more than is necessary, he's extending it to us. 
Our part is to believe it and in that believing it, receive it in our hearts. And we then become new. I will speak about that more. This is part of the abundant life. But if you know that's you, I want to encourage you as we pray now to what you believe in your heart about Jesus being Lord, but Jesus being Lord, that he died for you and he rose again for you, that you will just admit that with your mouth. And if you can't believe that yet, if all you can believe is that God is extending life and that it only comes through one, but you need to know more, reach out to us, contact us, and we would love to help you discover who he really is. So Father, I want to thank you for this word today. I thank you that although it's simple, it's very deep. And that in that, Father, lies the power for true transformation. Father, thank you that you didn't come here. God, you had no interest in establishing religion on earth. Your interest has always been to bring your life to the earth so that we might partake of it through the Son, Jesus Christ. And that in partaking of that, we may experience an intimate relationship with you where we understand things (laughs) that naturally cannot be understood that we too may become that image on earth which, God, you wanted to reveal to the world. You want to reveal yourself in us and through us to those who are still desperately looking for the truth, the life, and the way. Thank you, Father, that even as we meditate on this this week, we will find people to share this with, for it's only good news if people hear We praise you for what you're doing in our lives and in our hearts in this time as we discover the truth about the abundant life, that which God has come to promise, and that it will do what only God's word and spirit can do in our lives, that it will break the dark areas in our hearts where we still need to expose our hearts to the light of who you are, but that it will also bring the true freedom, as Jesus said, those who I set free, I set free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.